Hi, I'm Moon Unit Zappa, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. Pantheon Podcasts presents from Toronto, Canada, Muses, with your hosts, Shanti and Lynx, the podcast that celebrates the women of rock and roll. Interviews, stories, and fabulous fun. So, grab those backstage passes and let's get to our show. We cannot be more excited to bring you this week's interview with Linda Ramon. Linda Ramone is the princess of punk. You know the Ramone song, Danny Says, and She's a Sensation? Yeah, those are about this glamorous muse. Linda was married to Ramone's guitarist, Johnny, for 20 years and is the founder of the Johnny Ramone Army, as well as the Johnny and Linda Ramone Foundation. She also organizes annual Johnny Ramone tributes at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. As Shanti can attest, I've had a muses goal of not only interviewing Linda, but the ultimate dream was to do it at the Ramon Ranch. And it still boggles my mind that we got to do just that when we visited California in March. Linda was so welcoming. She gave us an incredible tour of her fantastic home. And we're just so grateful to her for sharing her stories and opening up her home to us. If that weren't enough, Linda gifted us with the coolest Johnny Ramone army tote bag and a pair of Johnny and Linda Ramone happy socks. We will make sure to post the link so you can get yourself a pair as well. Thanks again, Linda, for your hospitality. And we hope that everybody listening enjoys this interview. Yes. Happy socks for happy people. Gabba Gabba. Hey. She's a sensation. She's a sensation. Shanti and Lynx from Muses, and we're coming to you from the Ramon Ranch with the one and only Linda Ramon. We just got an amazing tour, and now we can't wait to dive in and ask some questions. All right. Well, hello, Linda. Hello. Thank you so much for inviting us in your home and letting us chat with you. You look incredible, as always. Oh, thank you. This is a dream come true, honestly, and it's such a beautiful day here, and this is just a magical moment for me. So thank you very much for all of this. I wanted to start by asking you, well, New York is like my happy place, though LA is definitely becoming another happy place, but you got to grow up there. Did you grow up in Queens? I grew up in Queens. It was a happy kind of place. I was very happy when I was able to get out of my bedroom and go into the city. That was a much happier place, Manhattan, than Rosedale. Growing up? 
as a little girl, it was fun because you had your family all around you. I was Italian and we had, you know, music and vinyl being played and all my cousins and aunts and everybody was around. That was great. But when I realized I wanted to start seeing bands and I wanted to go into the city, my bedroom seemed very far away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When did you start going out? Did you, was music always an important part of your life? Yeah, because my brother was a couple of years older than me. So he was already into music, but my brother was more into like Black Sabbath and Zeppelin. And he was more like very into more heavy metal. And I didn't mind heavy metal, but it It wasn't really what I was liking, but of course I liked Alice Cooper and it was a time where you could go to Corvettes and buy vinyl. Mm -hmm. So we'd go to, you know, we'd go to Corvettes and you'd buy Alice Cooper's Pretties for You or you'd buy Roxy Music. There was so many great bands out and they'd have this board of the top 10 and my brother would get to pick three singles and I'd get to pick two. So our house was always very music oriented and plus growing up Italian, my Uncle Freddie for the barbecues would bring his vinyl collection. I mean, he'd play everything from Vic Damone to Frank Sinatra. So yeah, I've always had music around me. Was Elvis a huge... Elvis, everybody. But because we're Italian, they they stuck with a lot of Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, yeah. you know, Tony Bennett. The classics. When did you start venturing out of that room and going to... Well, my brother, we had this amazing stereo and it had these like lights inside of it. My father got this really amazing stereo. And one night, my brother put on the lemon song, and he did the the colored lights to the lemon song. And I was like, okay, this is really good. But still, you know. And then all of a sudden, he comes out of his room one day, and he said, I found a band for you. And I was like, really? And it was the dolls. No and he way. showed me a photo of the New York dolls. And then all of a sudden, I was like, wow, I like these New York dolls. Yeah. That's, that's my band. Yeah. So then I decided I didn't want to hang out with people who like Led Zeppelin no more. And I wanted to only try to hang out with people that like the New York dolls. Well, that was a little harder than you can imagine because <laughs> it wasn't a time for people to like the New York dolls. It was very underground. But I was going to Springfield Gardens High School at the time. And I started writing on my desk. I love the New York dolls. I love the New York dolls. And some girl wrote back on the desk. Let's meet after school. Amazing. And I was like, all right, you know, her name was Ollie Ronson. And I thought, oh, wow, her name's Ollie Ronson. That's like a really good ga- name, you know. And, and then we go to her house, and her mother starts calling her Arlene. And I'm like, hmm, that's a little change from Ollie. Okay. And now I hear Arlene Amato. Arlene, her name was not Ollie Ronson. She named herself after Mick Ronson. Of course. But she was in 12th grade. And I was in ninth grade, and she was already going into the city. Wow. So she took me into the city for the first time. That is so cool. And I went to this club called Club 82. It was kind of a drag queen club. I mean, I wasn't really sure what was going on because I was only 14 or 15. I never heard of a drag queen. I didn't understand what that meant, you know. But the lady at the door, her name was Tommy. She was dressed like a man, but she clearly was a woman. But... I was too excited to get out of my bedroom, so I wasn't questioning nothing. I was just there to have a good time. And while I'm at Club 82, I see Alice Cooper, and I'm like, wow. So I get into the payphone. I call my mother in Queens, and I go, Mommy, I just saw Alice Cooper. You know, because we already were, like, watching Midnight Special. And, you know, so we already had seen Alice Cooper elected with the monkey. So, I mean, here I am now in a club, and I see Alice Cooper. But Ollie Ronson knew the New York Dolls. Wow. And then I met somebody else in my neighborhood, Justin. 
and he was in a band called Milk and Cookies. And that kind of changed my life because then I started going into the city with Justin and Abby and Milk and Cookies started opening up for the Ramones. So all of a sudden one day, Glitter Rock is kind of going out. Like we're at Club 82, we go to this club, I hear about Glitter Rock, I see the dolls like once, my father drives me into the city to see Slade with my friend Heavenly. I was called Starlight. Amazing. She was Heavenly. And, but he'd wait outside for the concert to end and drive us back to Queens. Oh, that's so I a good got dad. to see a couple of concerts, and my first concert I ever went to, I went with my brother. I went to see Grand Funk Railroad at oh. Madison Square Garden. So it was a really amazing time. Yeah. You know, I'm like 12, and I come home and I think, wow, I like that Mark Fauna guy. You know, yeah, yeah really long hair, you know. And there's so but, many different genres happening at that time, too. Well, yeah, that was the whole thing. You could like Grand Funk, you could like Slade, you could like Alice Cooper, you could like T Rex. You yeah. know, it was an amazing time. Yeah. Wow. But then all of the sudden, Club 82 was gone, and everyone kept saying to go to CBGB's. Yeah. And then CBGB's and Maxis. Mm -hmm. But Maxis was already around the first time Mm -hmm. with Andy Warhol. I had gone into the city with Justin and Abby to go to Maxis, and Mickey Ruskin, who owned the club at the time, made me leave. So I wasn't really allowed to go to Maxis. And he had everyone at my table. He was a very mean man, Mickey Ruskin, actually. <laughs> because at the table, he said, if I was sitting at the table, no one could drink. Oh. So I was very unpopular. And yeah. Justin had to drive me home. And I never went back to Max's until the second time Max's came in. And like the Heartbreakers were playing yeah. Devo. And then it had a whole new life, Max's, which was amazing. So now I start going into the city every weekend. With Justin, because he's in the band and they're opening up for a lot of people, I hit the Ramones 74, 75. Oh my goodness, I can't even imagine. So, Do you remember the first time you saw them? I saw them, of course, and they played for 15 minutes. Wow. I, I, later on, Johnny would say, well, the Beatles played for half an hour so the Ramones could play for 15 minutes. minutes. So that was amazing. And you could you actually know? get quite a few songs in in that yeah, time. Yeah, three, three minutes, two yeah. minutes, yeah. quite a lot, you know? And, so, and it was kind of odd, CBGBs, because... It was dirtier than Maxis. Like, Maxis was kind of really clean, and you could go eat, and, you know, and had this back room, mm-hmm. and CBG was, was not clean at all. It was pretty <laughs> dirty, and, and Hilly's dog just kind of went to the bathroom everywhere. It was kind of a mess, but it was the best band. Yeah. I mean, I seen everything from the Ramones to the Heartbreakers to Talking Heads to ACDC to the Jam to X-Ray Specs, the Dam. <sighs> I mean, I seen one weekend after the next, you'd go in, it was like... Three nights of the Damned and the Dead Boys. And oh. I was friends with Stiv. Yeah. You know, and he'd call my house all the time and talk to my mother. And he invited my mother to the show one weekend. Amazing. And he decided to moon the audience <laughs> with my mother sitting right in the front. And my mother had to go to the back and wait. And he, he, he apologized to her later on. But still, Stiv was quite a character. My God, I've heard a lot of fun stories about him and everyone in that scene. And that's like actually my dream if I could go back in time I would go there and see all those bands that you got to see it was amazing because no one was sitting around going oh 40 years from now we're going to be seeing and talking about this I yeah. mean that was ridiculous why would you talk about this yeah a- anytime you're in something at the moment you never think oh I'm going to be this talking about this scene. this is going yeah, to be this is, this is going to be amazing yeah. you know I mean it was just a scene and everybody was kind of friendly in it because it wasn't that big in the beginning yeah yeah that's just 
I can't even imagine. And there was no backstage passes to go backstage. I mean, Everyone if you just knew the out. band, you'd go say hello. If yeah. you didn't know the band, you wouldn't go say hello. You could, but it would be kind of weird, yeah. you know? I mean, I just had my friends that were in the band, and I just hung out. So when did you officially meet the Ramones? Right away. Because yeah. Justin started opening up with uh, the Ramones, so I already knew. I knew Joey first. Uh, Johnny never really talked to anybody. And Dee Dee... Uh, I talked to Dee Dee a little, but I talked to Joey the most. Mm-hmm. And you and Joey were together for like three and a half years? Is that three right? Three and a half years, yes. That's such a Engaged. long time. Oh my goodness. Yes. Was, what drew you to Joey? What was that relationship like? Well, how old were you when you met? 19. I knew Joey, though, when I was 16 and 17, because I was already going to shows. But I didn't uh, go out. I might have been 18 and a half. I knew Joey from New York. I came to L.A. to visit Justin for my summer vacation one mm-hmm. year. And the Ramones were staying at the Tropicana, and so was I. So me and Joey hung out a little bit at that point at the Tropicana, but still nothing. Then the next time the Ramones came back, they were doing rock and roll high school. I was living at the Tropicana because Justin went back home, but, and I was still living in L.A. And then me and Joey were hanging out in the parking lot at the Tropicana, and it was Thanksgiving. And he said, what are you doing tonight? And I said, oh, I'm going to Lee's. And she was the lady who ran the Tropicana. She, Lee knew everything. Yeah. She knew when my father's checks would come. She, she knew everything, every party that was going on. Yeah. She knew everything. And he said, oh, I'm going to Lee's tonight too. So we spent Thanksgiving together. But later on, years later, Joey said in an interview for Rolling Stone magazine that he fell in love with me in the parking lot. Aww. So that was, you know, and during Rock and Roll High School was the first song Joey ever wrote to, about me was Danny Says. Yeah. And Danny Says was exactly what was going on. Oh. We were listening to Sheena on the radio. Yeah. We were watching Get Smart. It was Christmas. There was no snow. Oh. So everything was exactly in Danny Says. Yeah. Was exactly what was going on. He painted the picture perfectly. Yes. Uh, and it was kind of nice because then he, he, you know, in the song he'll go, I can't wait to be with you tomorrow. So yeah. it was kind of really the first time like we were both falling in love. Do you remember when you first heard that and how that must have felt? Oh, he played it on the guitar in the uh, room. Uh, that's like you a know, dream. He's like, the first uh, song, though, Joey ever sang to me was Slug. Ah, uh, that's just, that's like so cool. It's a good memory. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and doing, uh, you know, Rock and Roll High School was a lot of fun. I wanted to ask about that. That was a lot of fun. I would I would go with Rodney. Were Rodney they, like, would pick me up and we'd go, because we were in the scene together, me and yeah. Rodney in the hallway in Rock and Roll High School. Was the band, like, super excited to be doing this movie? Uh, you didn't know what was really going to happen with the movie. Yeah. You know, you met, we met PJ Souls, and she's Riff Randall, and yeah. we, we go to her house for a barbecue, and she was married to Dennis Quaid at the time. Oh, yeah, that's but right. PJ was, like, kind of, you know, she's super nice. I see PJ because she comes to the Johnny Ramone tribute all the time, you know, and she was super normal, though. Like, yeah. Like, what she was wearing in the movie was everything we were wearing, 
you know, from Betsy Johnson to Fiorucci. Yeah. But it was her movie clothes. And when we went to see her at her house, she had on this, like, like very long prairie looking dress and we're all looking like you know how we're looking you know but she was super nice and we always had a lot of fun with her and we hung out with alan Arkish all the time we hung out with everybody it was a really nice time i don't think they thought rock and roll high school would be as big as it was because you weren't really sure when you were filming it what was going to happen because the Ramones had hardly any lines nobody could remember their lines and when they remembered their lines nothing really came out that way yeah. Good. How did that even come about? Well, I think their first choice was Cheap Trick. Uh. and But Alan Arkish had met the Ramones, and he wanted the Ramones. And Alan Arkish is a huge rock and roll fan. I see Alan all the time, too. He just had a rock and roll... Uh, uh, party at his house for rock and roll high school he had a cast party we all went to alan oh. alan's house it was funny i love that the memories are just so special and you guys had such a good time that like you you continue it like this many years on like it's just fun to oh, yeah. get together and when you were talking about the outfits there's this outfit in that movie that riff wears it's like um i guess like a bodysuit like the Black oh, and red. I have mine still. Right? It's Betsy Johnson. Uh, yeah. I love that yeah. so much. <laughs> that, that was funny because she'd come up and she'd have her movie clothes on and we'd have all the same clothes on, but they were our clothes. <laughs> that's perfect, though. Like, that's, that's that what you sense. want. Yeah. So when did you and Johnny first, wh- how did that attraction come about? I think just hanging out together, you know, for some odd reason, Johnny became my best friend. Because we had, we did a lot of collectibles together too, because I was always into collecting and so was Johnny. And uh, I think his girlfriend at the time, he was married and had a girlfriend at the time. (laughs) Johnny was very like, (laughs) and he had a lot of girls after him. I must admit, he was very popular uh, with all the girls. Uh, But I think just hanging out together, see on the road, it's different because you're always on the road together. Yeah. And so you just, I mean... You know, it's the whole saying with your best friend. You yeah. always wind up dating your best friend, usually. Well, that's a special connection there. Like, yeah, because once you're the best friend, there's a reason. And there's always kind of a reason why you're not together. Yeah. I mean, me and Joey, we were, we were first loves. And that was always special. And that will always be special. Uh-huh. You know, he wrote Merry Christmas. I don't run a fight tonight over the engagement ring. You know, KKK over, you know, yeah. a bookmark. You know, she's a sensation. Yeah. You know, I mean, he wrote so many great songs, and we were totally in love. And it was not that we ever fell out of love. I just fell in love with Johnny because Johnny fell in love with me. Yeah. And it was time for me and Joey. Joey wanted to move in a different direction, but we always put the band first. Mm-hmm. So we had to be very careful about that. Joey did want to go on his own and try to make things work on his own. Because even though I was only 19, I was very in charge. It's kind of funny. I was so in charge of Joey and in charge of everything. And then I go with Johnny, who's totally in charge of everything. Yeah. And I love that too. Yeah. So I don't really know if I liked being in charge or if that's the deck I was dealt with Joey because he didn't want to be. And then Johnny was in charge. So I kind of like that. Yeah. You know, you just never know. I was too young to think about anything. I was just happy hanging out and going on tour. I mean, I never had gone anywhere with my parents. Yeah. I went to Lake George and, you know, the only trip we ever went to was Disney in Florida. I mean, that was our big trip. So yeah. here I am with Joey. My first trip is Japan. And then the second one is like Australia and Spain. So like now I'm traveling the world. I mean, this is amazing. Yeah. 
It's interesting that you said that you were kind of the one in charge, because I find that doing what we are doing and all the women that we talk about, that's so many of the women, the wives, the girlfriends have such a uh, take charge attitude and really do like control things and make the machine kind of work the the musician is usually just like all over the place and it's like no like you got to do this you got to do this yeah and there's all different types of in charge like johnny was totally in charge of the band he made every move even though we discussed everything with joey you know Joey still was just made a, every move. Joey, Joey just wanted to have a good time. With it. Yeah. 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 And Joey was into collecting records and collecting music. Johnny was more into collecting baseball, horror, sci-fi. Like he he went much deeper into everything. Yeah. And you need someone that is that take charge kind of person, especially in like a band to keep the Oh yeah. I mean, he the, kept everybody in line. Exactly. If Didi got nobody was allowed to drink or get stoned before the show. If anyone did that, Johnny would take your pay get away. Really angry. Smart. That's smart. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how that went down. Yeah. So, talk a little bit about touring. How was that for you? It's never boring. Yeah. That's what they say. Touring, touring is yeah. never boring. Uh, I love touring, you know, but the Ramones never toured. I mean, we toured in a van. We went to Europe. You had a bus, you know. So, the van, I must admit, became a little close, especially when you weren't talking to each other. Yeah. You know, and it's always the same because it's fun always hanging out together. And then, you know, there's times where, you know, you don't want to see each other every day. It's like a marriage. Yeah. You're, you're always together. You're always doing things together. And, you know, at first I was friends with, when I was with Joey, I was friends with Dee Dee and Vera. And then when Johnny became my best friend, he wouldn't let me be friends with Vera no more. That was a big, yeah, that was a big problem. That was for sure. Vera's, you know... She wasn't very happy about that. Yeah. And Dee Dee wasn't very happy about that. But that was Johnny. He became my best friend. He didn't want anybody else talking to me. <laughs> so that was, And that's exactly what happened. Possessive <laughs> Nobody love. was talking to me. Uh, yeah, I was curious about that. Did you, in music especially, there's that whole like Yoko thing where people just have these assumptions that the women in the men's lives have some sort of like power over them or they're doing something where it's like the band and the relationships are two separate entities. I'm not really sure why women, especially also in love triangles, women tend to get more of the blame or however you want to put that. Well, I mean, girls are, you know, they are troublemakers most of the time. (laughs) That's fair. It does happen. I mean, let's be real sometimes, you know, they are, they do cause a, a bit of trouble, but the Yoko thing is, I guess the Yoko, everyone blames it because they feel she broke up the Beatles. With the Ramones, the Ramones did not break up. They didn't up. break up. You know, it was Joey and Johnny till the end. I, I'm not claiming that name at all. Yeah. You know, and Joey and Johnny, their whole dynamic, even though people, oh, they hated each other. Johnny loved people thinking everybody hated each other because he felt that was really punk, you know. And so we all went along with that, you know, even in end of the century, like he'll, he always upplayed that, you know, he, and he thought fans would think that was funny. And they did, you know. And and to this day, though, now I'm kind of stuck with it a little bit more that, you know, they didn't get along and they hated each other. That's not true. They grew different in different directions because Joey always wanted to have a hit. Mm-hmm. And Joey, you know, felt after the end of the century, they could still have a hit. Johnny, after the end of the century, decided they're never going to have a hit. Yeah. So, and it was that too, like 
Johnny kind of wanted to be more in a punk band, and Joey wanted to be more of a punk, punk pop band. Yeah. Is that where Phil Spector comes in? Well, Phil always wanted to do the Ramones, and but Phil was in love with Joey. When we would go to Phil Spector's house, he'd sit there on the piano and sing Joey love songs. Ugh. You know, so, I mean, that was our, our thing with Phil. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had the best time with Phil. End of the century was the most fun for me. I never went to a recording studio after that. That was fun. I mean, we did, after that, Pleasant Dreams they did with Graham Goulman. That was kind of boring. Phil was exciting Compared every single day. Yeah. You know, yeah. you'd sit there with Phil and he was he was a lot of fun. Wow. But I never felt unsafe with Phil, even yeah. though he had guns. Cause, but he had permits. Mm. And he had the two guns in his boots all the time. I never felt unsafe with Phil. I mean, it, I, you know, everybody was so crazy back then. He was just part just of... Just another wild uh, guy. Somebody being crazy. Yeah. You guys lived in New York. When did you decide to move out here to L.A.? When Johnny was going to retire. And so, why LA? Just the warmth? I know. The I know, right? <laughs> that, that's and I guess, like, a... you definitely already had, like, the best years in New York. So. Yeah. I hated New York. Really? Yeah. It got too cold. That's I mean, the only at one problem. point, it that's... was just, like, unreal. It'd be March, and I'd have on the shilling coat and a hat and gloves. I was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. This, we, this we... weather is a nightmare, you know? And to live in an apartment, you can't get anything really better. Yeah. They go, move to Westchester. Why? I want to live in the city. I don't want to live in Westchester. Yeah. You know, so I we knew it. we had to get out of there. Mm-hmm. So, and we always wanted to have a pool. We didn't really swim, That's but we wanted a pool. Yeah. You know, when you think of LA, you think of a pool, you sit by your pool, you have a cocktail. I mean, it just sounds so glamorous. Yeah. LA. And it was. We found the house. We decorated. We have a theme house. Yeah. It, you know, we had the best time out here. What a difference, too. And I, I, I get the weather thing. That's the only thing that... Uh, we get the same weather in Toronto as New York does, basically. Yeah, and and especially when it's raining. The funny thing about New York is I never discussed the weather, ever. Like, I never said to Johnny, oh, I'm going to leave an umbrella on the table. It's raining today. It just was common knowledge it was going to be crummy outside. Yeah. Whether it was raining, snowing, or if it was too hot to go outside, the weather was always a problem because... Growing up in Queens, though, we did have seasons yeah. when I was younger. When we moved into the city, I didn't see no spring or fall. I'm sorry. It went right from freezing cold to hot summer. Yeah, it's the same in Toronto. It's so, so frustrating. So much for the the leaves falling off the tree. Hello. Yeah. I didn't see it. That's why we're enjoying being here yeah. right now, too. My goodness. It's, you know, February, early March. It's just the most depressing gray yeah, I can see like this is the dream, just retiring here. Yep, and that that was the dream. We were retiring and getting a house, and you found the perfect home too. Like this place is well, incredible. we like this area too, you know, because it's in the middle of everything. When we first came out here, people kept saying, "Oh, you need to live in the Hollywood Hills." So we go to the Hollywood Hills, and Johnny would drive because we had a, a fair lane, his vintage car. And he go, I can't drive this car here. Mm-hmm. Then we got a Camaro. And then we got a Cadillac and he go, I can't, I can't drive up these hills every day. We, we would never leave the house. Mm-hmm. So the Hollywood Hills was over for us. We wanted to be kind of in the middle. And when I first came out here, I still started, I still was working as a hairdresser. So, and I was going to be working in Beverly Hills. So we wanted to be as close to Beverly Hills as we could be. So when did you, were you collecting? You said you've always been a collector. So oh, yeah. that started in New York. Oh yeah. Did you know? For sure, you wanted like themed house, like every room. Oh yeah, yeah. Tell tell us about. Well, see, the... this room changed when Johnny was here. This room was uh, 
more 50s because Johnny was into 50s and it was leopard and light green. And instead of the table, we had a, a booth. Oh, yeah. And we had a dinette. Cool. So a 50s dinette. Yeah, yeah. So we, and then all the drapes were leopard. The couch was leopard and everything was mint green. But when Johnny passed away, Johnny died right there on the couch. Oh, my uh, goodness. But, but the house doesn't feel, the house is amazing. Johnny, yeah. and that's Johnny's uh, ashes right there. So when I die, J.D. buries me and Johnny by the statue. Perfect. But there's a like, you know, and Johnny's already there. But now we will bury him when we get there. And after that, I wanted to change this room around because I always loved Nancy Sinatra. And I always loved that album cover where she has on the orange coat and the pink hat. Yeah. So that's what the whole living room is. It's All the colors in your home are just so beautiful. And they all work so well together. This is like a fun house it's the best place i've ever seen and like the murals on your walls are gorgeous well we had that painting and our friend adam wallachoff he made us the chandelier and you know the the mirror and over the fireplace he he makes amazing things you know we just we found you know the cuckoo clock in arizona like now me and jd because jay you know johnny has passed away i have jd you know and we still collect. Still go on places. Anna Sui sent me the, uh, that was in her fashion show. And I was like, oh, I love that Missy. Oh, wow. And she sent that to me. So different things just come from different people. You have such an amazing collection. It really is just, and it's it's amazing how like all the pieces kind of work together as well. Yeah. It's like, it's funny because I wa- always wanted a peacock. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, but I want a white peacock. Now, of course, I, I want a colored peacock yeah. also, you know. <laughs> but now I look around and I'm like, hmm, we're getting kind of like, I don't know where to put the colored peacock. I mean, there's always some place somewhere, but I can't find a place right yet. But I like the white peacock. It'll come to you. And yeah, we really loved your Elvis room because me and Shanti have this special connection to Elvis. We went to Graceland a couple years ago and we just... We recorded in Sun Studio. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was fun. We went to Sun Studio. Yeah. yeah. Israel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was super nice. Yeah. yeah. We uh, got to record there after hours, had some beers, talked to the guys that were there. And we just felt that Elvis was like blessing our trip and everything that happened was magical. And Graceland, yeah, it's just. Graceland is great. For anyone who doesn't visit, everyone should go visit Graceland. It, they should. I never yeah. thought I would get there, but when I did I was like thank god I did because yeah it really is special well we had a special trip because Lisa Marie yeah, took did. me and Johnny and and Nick at that time and you got to hang out in the jungle room oh yeah that was do amazing the upstairs thing oh yeah yeah it was, it was quite special one of Johnny's favorite vacations ever. yeah uh and yeah to do that with Lisa Marie that's incredible yep. links I know for a fact that we have a lot of time on our hands We sure do, and I know just the thing to keep us busy. We want to tell you about Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve is going to spice up your time spent at home, especially in the bedroom. Or the living room, or the shower. Totally. Way to get creative links. Full disclosure, I've already placed my order because they have tons of awesome toys for solo or couples. They also have lingerie, you name it. Select almost any one item for 50% off. And then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. You heard that right. 50% off any one item and free stuff. How amazing is that? Enter offer code MUSESPOD at checkout and get tantalizing free gifts. 
With those free gifts, you'll also receive six free spicy movies plus free shipping. That's offer code M-U-S-E-S-P-O-D at adamandeve.com. So what was like a typical day for you and Johnny here at the Ramon Ranch? Wake up. We'd have breakfast. Johnny would have waffles every single day. And he and blueberries. And I would put the blueberries and he'd touch the blueberry with the fork and go, hmm, mushy. (laughs) (laughs) Everything had to be perfect. So no matter who stayed over from Eddie Vedda to Chris Cornell to Vincent Gallo, because everybody, when we first moved out here, Everybody stayed over because it was a house now. And in New York, no one could stay over because we lived in a one bedroom. Yeah. You know, but every and everybody would sit at at the dinette and discuss everything. (sighs) Me and Johnny discussed everything every day. So when he got sick, he discussed everything with me. That's why I think I do an amazing job with the legacy, with the tribute, because Johnny explained everything to me. See, when Johnny first passed away, though, I had it a little easier because Joey Ramone left his legacy to his mother. And when his mother passed away, I had nothing but troubles with the brother. Uh. He's very bitter and angry. He wanted to be famous. He's not famous. You know, so it's a little harder now, the Ramones, uh, for me. You know, so I tend to do more like Johnny Tribute, you know, so it's easier. So I don't don't need permission or anything. It's too bad for the Ramones. Yeah. You know, but, you know. Hey, that's what makes some people tick. I you still know, think like, you, you are also, you know, the keeper of the Ramones legacy as well. Like, even if you're focusing more on Johnny, it's it's. Well, still... I do Ramone business every day too. Yeah, because we have box sets come out. I, I, you know, I have everybody's office come to me. Everybody knows Johnny left me his legacy. Yeah. So that's that's for a woman. Mm-hmm. That is a big thing. Oh yeah, you and know, that's... not many women have got left the legacy. That's another thing that we talk about often. You have yeah. Priscilla. Oh, yeah. You have. I've learned a lot from Priscilla. Yeah. Rita Marley, Bob Marley's wife. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Priscilla did an amazing. Priscilla is the one who had them open Graceland. Yeah. It's her idea. She is I a mean, badass. that's amazing. Yeah. You know, Lisa still does great things with Graceland, of course, still. But it's Priscilla's idea. Yeah. To do Graceland. I mean. And yeah, I was going to ask, you must be literally every day doing some sort of work. Yeah, on... but it's great. Yeah. I love it. See, I love doing the legacy. Mm-hmm. To me, it's an honor because Johnny left it to me. Mm-hmm. So how did the statue come about for him? Oh, well, Johnny was sick. It came up. He Because he always, John Wayne was his favorite actor. So we have the, you know, Duke has a big statue. Yeah. And Atura Vega said, oh, we should do like a something. And Rob Zombie gave Johnny a Christmas gift one year and it was a small statue and underneath it said legend. And cause Rob would say, if you didn't give Johnny a a really good gift, you could see he'd put it away and you'd never see it again. But everybody started calling him legend. Yeah. It was just a funny thing, you know, out of nowhere. We don't know why, but Mm -hmm. it stuck. And we always started calling him legend. And then when he was sick, he was like, I was like, what do we do? Do a statue. And he was like, I don't know. Should we spend the money? So yeah, he did should. spend the money. Yeah. Rob Zombie got Wayne Toth, who made the small statue, make Johnny's statue. Oh, perfect. Dee Dee was already buried at Hollywood Forever. We had already gone to Dee Dee's funeral, me and Johnny. And yeah. Johnny was sick at that time. Oh, wow. He wasn't dying yet. But he said when it was time that he wanted to be near Dee Dee, but not too close. Because he felt Dee Dee's spot was already too crowded. Mm. Now Johnny's spot 
when I had Johnny there, there was nobody by him. It's a perfect spot. Uh, Haiti McDaniel. She was the only one there. It wow. was Johnny and her. And now we have Chris. I my love friend that Chris. he was right beside him. Chris is next Keeping door to Johnny. Company. Uh, there's uh, Ron Burkle just buried his son on the other side in the pyramid. Uh, Fred Friend Armisen, who's still alive and well, he bought a plot across from Johnny Perfect. already because he wants to go yeah. there. Like everybody, I changed the feeling with Hollywood forever about how people talk about plots. People go, oh, I don't want to buy a plot. I'm going to die. That's not true. You have to buy a plot. You have to plan on where you're going. So the statue came out when Johnny was sick. We would go to decide to make a statue. Johnny was here and he said, I want Nick to talk. I want this one to talk. We planned everything while Johnny was still alive. We haven't had the pleasure of going to one of the screenings there yet. Yes. Yes. But uh, they're fun. Oh, that's a dream of mine. I got to come back in the summer when you yeah. put on the next the one. The Johnny Ramone tribute is yeah. amazing. And I just love that I, we saw like the area where it's held and it's just like yep. around the corner from where Johnny is. And oh, it's, yes, it's perfect. Wall. It's perfect. Everybody spot. sits out there. I yeah. have musical acts. Steve Jones from the Sex Pistol does my music. You know, he picks whoever. Usually it's who's ever on his show the week before. Like last uh, year we had Starcrawler. Yeah. We had Arrow Amazing. and Henry. Amazing. And then we always have Fred Armisen does it. Yeah. You know, different people do it. at You know, Billy Joe does John Doe. Yeah. Like different people do it at different times. It's fun. It seems like such a great way to celebrate Johnny's yeah. memory. And you pick the best films. Last year was Vincent Gallo's idea, The Warriors. Really? I love that film so much. And we had Walter Hill. Walter Hill came and, you know, it was great. Swan came. It was super cool. And you've had so many other previous films that I'm obsessed with. Barbarella. Oh, Barbarella, Crybaby, Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, We... We've done every sort, all Johnny's favorite films. Yeah. You know. I was going to ask, yeah, those, we try those to are keep his favorite. In, you know, in that. Any idea what this year is going to be yet? No. Haven't thought about it yet? No. Cool. I usually start in April. You know. Did you have a favorite room in your house and did Johnny? The Elvis room. The Elvis room. It was always special. Yeah. Because when we first walked in and we both said Elvis room at the same time, we knew it was it our was house. It was special. Yeah. You know. And we first rented the house, and then we bought the house. So beautiful! I love how even your hallway is just. Oh yeah, that's Capri. It's beautiful. We did that after Capri. It's beautiful. I love Capri. I wanted to ask you: Have you always been this glamorous? Where did your love of fashion come from? I was Italian, and my grandmother used to crochet my outfits. Wow! So it always starts from somewhere, and Italians always dress up their little kids. Yeah, you know, I always had patent leather shoes, patent leather bag. Curl, you know, yeah. curls, you know, curly hair, and always like a flower in my hair, always a tiara on my head. They always dress up everybody. Wow. So yeah, that came from childhood then. Huh? Childhood. I love your tiaras too. It's just... I love tiaras because I always feel like I got that from the Disney princesses because mm-hmm. I love Disney. I like. Hopefully, that... one day we could have a Ramones Disney ride. That would be cool. Oh my goodness. Yeah, who's your favorite Disney princess? Well, I like Tinkerbell the best. But if I have to pick a princess, mm, I guess growing up it was Cinderella. That's a good one. You know? Yeah. So who are some of your favorite designers then? Well, this I have now my friend Henry Duarte makes my clothes. Uh, Before I had South Paradiso, I'll shop, you know, I'll buy a little here and there from Gucci and, you know, little knickknacks, sunglasses, accessories from St. Laurent, a little different thing. Anna Sui, you know, Jill Stewart. Now, what, speaking of fashion, 
do you, what are your thoughts on, you know, the, the Ramones style becoming such a mainstream image? Well, I like the idea of it, but the Ramones didn't rip their jeans. They ripped on their own. Yeah. So now the ripped jeans is a little bit kind of, there's some people have no jeans on. Yeah. They rip so much. Yeah. You know, I mean, so are the Ramones legendary for their style? Are they icons for style? Of course they are. People still wear what they wore. Jeans, a leather jacket, t-shirt, and sneakers. They started it. I'm not saying Marlon Brando didn't wear a jacket because everybody goes, well, that's not true. They did start ripped jeans. Yeah. That is the truth. Yeah. It's so interesting how that was just a necessity. It was, was just what it they just wore. It just happened. Yeah. And now, yeah. And... You see so many kids nowadays like wearing the Ramones shirts. That I love. Right? I don't care. When people go, how do you feel that they don't know who the Ramones are? What do I care? Who cares? I mean, you want them to know who the Ramones are, of course. But if they don't, I still want to see a shirt walking down the block. Absolutely. I love that uh, we saw some Johnny Ramones, Johnny Ramone uh, shirts at Hollywood Forever as well. Oh, yeah. So cool. they, they sell Johnny, of course. Yeah. Johnny's a big, big attraction there. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the most visited statues there. It's the best one. I was wondering as well about talking about fashion, the happy socks. Oh, yeah, that came out. That came out of the Beatles. <laughs> I saw the Beatles socks and I was like, oh, I really like these Beatles socks. Yeah. And then I told someone from my office to get in touch with the happy socks people if they wanted to do a Johnny sock with me. You know, because it's just so easy to do something for Johnny because I don't, you know, it's whatever. I have, I own so many photos of Johnny that are amazing from Danny Fields to Jenny Lenz, you know. And I said, I want to meet them. They're Swedish. And I said, but I want to meet them at the house because going to a meeting and sitting somewhere never really makes me comfortable. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't make sense. How do you figure out who I am? Yeah. If I, you know. So anyway, they came. They loved the house so much that they said they wanted to do a Johnny and Linda sock for Valentine's Day. Amazing. And I was like, okay. And then the drawing uh, over the bar they wanted to use, the drawing on the, over the, you know. I, I remember. Over the mirror they decided they wanted to use. So I'm the first person, though, that they did a collaboration with that worked with them on the sock. On it. Like they have the Beatles and Rolling Stones, and now they just had Queen come out, yeah. you know. Sad but true, they took my windows down, but it's for Queen, it's okay. I don't mind, I like Queen, you know. But I'm the first person they went back and forth with, and they did the video at the house, yeah. and they did all our press at the house. So much fun. So that was really nice, because usually they only go through the estate. But, and it's happy socks for happy people. Yeah, and that's and- what I said. And like, some people were like, who cares? What about that? And it's like, really? You're mad at a sock? I mean, Something's definitely yeah. wrong with you if you're Lighten really up. mad at a sock. If you don't like the sock, you don't buy it. It's Simple. like anything else. You don't like a t-shirt, you don't buy it. You don't like a cup of coffee, you don't buy it. You exactly. go buy tea. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, so when any like these comments, I was like, no. And then anytime I see any sort of negative comment, all right, happy socks for happy people. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, clearly you're not very And they happy did person. an amazing job. The box looks cool. They're I mean, gorgeous. They really did it. I mean, I have, the Happy Socks people were great to work with. I remember you posting a photo of that uh, painting. Yeah, that's by Kelly Tunstall, my friend. Yeah, it was, I think, maybe a couple years ago. Yes. Yeah. She and, does great stuff. Yeah, when I saw that 
uh, image on the sock. Mm-hmm. I was like, so cool. Because, yep. yeah, it's so adorable. It's perfect for it. Yeah. And the Happy Socks people, though, made my hair a little redder in it. They made it a little different, but it, it looked it look good for the sock. It's so, it's so adorable. Yeah. I, I got to get a pair. I got to get a pair yep. while I'm here. So I was curious, do you think you're ever going to write a memoir? Oh, I'm doing it right now. Amazing. Yeah. You know, you always like wonder like, okay, how's it going to be? You know, what do you say? What don't you say? Do you want it to be a tell-all? I'm not particularly into tell-all. What does that mean, tell-all? I want to tell my story. Exactly. You know? Yeah. If that- you have to tell some facts, of course. Yeah. You know, but tell-all, you know, I want to tell my story. That's what we want to hear, yeah. too. I'm, I'm excited about it. Oh, I'm I'm excited about it now. Yeah. I have so many more questions, but we got to wrap it up. So okay. when when your uh, book's going to come out, we'll do this again. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just started, so it probably takes, what, a year and a half? Everything, I'll be waiting. Everything takes so long to do anything, which is so crazy. Yeah. You have any other projects you're working on? Uh, well, I'll, I'll start working on the tribute. Uh, we have uh, end of the century box set coming out, yeah. you know, and so uh, me, Marky, Ramona are going to go on a like a little tour together because Marky was there. Yeah. And we have a bunch of good Phil uh, stories together. Yeah. And everybody seems to love to hear about Phil Spector. Yeah. You know, uh, we always have like, you know, projects coming in, project coming out. You know, of course, one day you'd love to do a Ramones play in a movie. But, you know, that unfortunately you all have to get along and. As you know, that has been a, a stickler. Well, maybe that'll take time, but hopefully it works yeah, out. You never know. I, I'm always, listen, there's a lot of dark energy out there. I don't let it get to me. I always post positive posts and you just have to move on. You just have to have nice, happy colors around you. Happy and, socks on. Yeah. Be happy. And that's it. And yeah. you have to be happy. So tell our listeners where they can find you. We'll link all that up as well, but just so like Oh, Instagram is Linda Ramone and Johnny Ramone, you know, and there's Twitter, same thing, Linda Ramone, Johnny Ramone, you know. I love Instagram because if you don't like the Instagram, you don't like the photo. Facebook is way too angry. Like people just say their problems all day long and they get so, like I've had a, I have a lot of problems on Facebook with people. I mean, it stems from, hello, the person. But I just wonder, like, why are they so angry on Facebook? And Instagram, yeah, you block them and it's over. Yeah, Yeah, but that's why. I mean, I think it's really nice, you know, it's a nice form to get things out. Yeah, we're more active on Instagram as well. Yeah, It is a happier... It's, it is, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's nice to be around positivity and, you know, things can be kind of tough these days, but to find the people who are still finding joy and love and happiness in their lives and celebrating yeah. every day I like mean, it's I a gift. I mean, I can sit and complain all day too, you know. Yeah. I mean, why? There's yeah. no reason to. I want to move on. That's right. You know? This was a dream come true for both of us and Sarah as well. Hi. And well, it's very magical here. That's true. Just like Disney. That's right. It's a it's a little between Disney and the Beverly Hills Hotel. You you need to go there too before you go. Yeah. The Pink Palace. Okay, we will. Yes. We'll see. You have to have a little Linda cocktail at the, at the Polo Lounge. Well, this was fantastic. And we thank you so much from the bottoms of our heart. Thank you, Linda. And just getting to say this in front of you is amazing. Thank you so much. And Gabba Gabba Hey. Oh, Gabba Gabba Hey to you too. <laughs> and to everyone out there. We love Gabba Gabba Hey. Perfect.
Muses is produced by Chantal Lemieux and Lynx O'Leary and is part of the Pantheon family of podcasts. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at pantheonpodcasts.com. All songs can be found wherever you get your music. Please download and purchase these great and important tracks. Come find us at Pantheon Podcasts on Facebook. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods or see us at R&R Archaeology on Instagram. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.